0: Welcome to the Living Through Heart podcast. I'm Donna Joy and I'm an analytical hypnotherapist, a psychotherapist, a spiritual healer, a magnetic mind coach, and a multi-award winning best-selling author. I believe that everybody is capable of creating whatever they want if they can just get out of the beliefs and stories in their head. This podcast is an audio blog of my thoughts as I go on a journey to heal my soul, surrender into my feminine power, and to live from the present moment in heart. I hope you find it amusing, interesting, thought-provoking, touching, raw, and inspiring. Hello, welcome to this 52nd episode of the Living Through Heart podcast. I'm Donna Joy Today I want to talk about several different things, but they're all going to come back together. Bear with me, I hope they do. <laughs> that's my plan anyway. Uh, once again, I have no notes prepared, just what's been going around in my head um, for the last couple of hours. So I'm over in Bali at the moment, and uh, it's the second time that I've actually traveled purely by myself. Uh, Well that's not true. When I was in my 20s I did a lot of traveling by myself but that was kind of when I was still very unconscious, unaware and I did. I spent a lot of um, that time that I was traveling in a large amount of pain because my partner who's uh, my ex-husband Uh, but we've been together for about 25 years. So back then he was actually in Saudi Arabia working and I was in England working. Uh, And it was actually physically impossible for us to see each other more than, I think it was like eight weeks a year that we managed to get together between traveling because of the holidays in Saudi Arabia and the fact that I just wasn't allowed to go in there. So I am looking back on it now, I can see the large amount of discomfort that I was in from my anxious attachment wound and the separation. Um, and, I mean, I think I dealt with it okay, but I mean, I definitely could have dealt with it better in retrospect. <laughs> um, so, last time I travelled, I've done a lot of travelling, but normally with my husband um, or with uh, girlfriends. And the last time I travelled purely by myself was about a year ago. Um, I mean, I travelled to, to Spain and Portugal by myself recently, but it was to meet out with friends. So, I was very, uh, very, I wasn't by myself for large amounts of time. So when I went to Sedona last year, I went to Phoenix to an event and then I hired a car and drove down to Sedona by myself. And the, the goal was that I was going to spend a lot of time in reflection and meditation and just making um, the most of this amazing place that Sedona is um, with all that's, the energy that's there. And what ended up happening was that I spent a lot of time shopping, drinking wine, eating and working. <laughs> and I, I basically got into so much discomfort when I got down there and obviously being triggered up by all the energy stuff that was happening in that area. I mean, I don't know if you know anything about Sedona. It's um, the place that they used in the old, a lot of the old Western movies. Um, it's an amazing landscape, amazing place. And it's got all these ley lines that come together, areas, and it's got like the most of these in the world in this one area where they all converge. So I had um, lots of frenetic dreams and lots of energy going on. And I just got into a huge amount of physiological discomfort. I was harder with me as the whole time I was there. And I just distracted from it rather than going into it, which had been my my plan. So I've come to Bali now and I'm here for five days by myself before I go to a retreat with the beautiful Rochelle Ware, who is one of um, Chris Duncan's head coaches, the super conscious recode coach. And... I've come to Bali by myself and I'm staying at a yoga, um, like a yoga eco-lodge. And my plan this time was to come and do some yoga and spend some time by myself and, and work a bit and see some clients, right? And this time the universe has uh, intervened in a different direction. It has made out that my Wi-Fi in my my room is not good enough to actually see clients. I've had to cancel all my clients and all of a sudden it's like, right shit just got real I actually need to to, to be by myself with myself in reflection in yoga in meditation and actually make the most of this five days and I was able to observe within myself the discomfort within that so that my first day here yesterday I actually um, ate a lot more than I needed so I ate ate meals purely for the sake that it was mealtime as opposed to that I was hungry And this morning I woke up and it's um, breakfast is included. And I was like this, my mind was like, oh, let's go. We can eat now. And and it's free, like, come on, let's go. And I was lying in bed and I was like, I'm I'm not hungry. I'm I'm really not hungry. I don't normally eat breakfast anyway, right? But my mind was like, oh, oh, it's free. You don't want to waste this, you know, let's go eat. (laughs) And I was able to look at the disconnect between what my mind wanted and what my body wanted. And what my body wanted was to not eat and just to rest. It had been a bit off, um, not from Bali, but just from actually um, when I came over from Perth. Yesterday it was, it was feeling a bit yucky and bloated and, and uncomfortable and it didn't want any food today. And then, and then I shoved all this food into it, right? It didn't want any food today. And so it's about, I think it's coming on to 3pm in the afternoon now and I still haven't eaten. And I'm okay with that. I'll have a light dinner and give it a rest. But what this has allowed me to do is to observe within myself my addiction to food and why it's there and what it brings me. And, you know, I was on a course on the weekend. A pract- I was taking coaching and practitioner training, um, spiritual healing for Keith Hodge. And one of the... Um, One of the trainees that's coming through mentioned how whenever she has someone who's got an addiction she's always looking for certain things and and um i was thinking how interesting that we only consider something an addiction if it's something that's socially unacceptable so like gambling drugs even alcohol you know even though it's legal to have in most countries it's socially unacceptable to to get reliant on it dependent on it and yet uh we're all and unless we've all done an incredible amount of work and we're able to just be with what is without needing any distraction, we all have addictions. And I've said this before, you know, my addictions is working and food. Um, and don't get me wrong. I love a glass of wine. If I have a glass of champagne, I want to, because of how I feel when I have it, how it makes me feel and how it's like, oh, everything just drops away. And all of a sudden I feel better and I feel lighter and I want another one. I want more and more and more of it. And I guess if I'm being entirely truthful, another diction of mine has been spending money, like spending money on shit I just didn't need, right? Um, you know, the amount of money that I would spend on online shopping for stuff that would bring me pleasure when it turned up and I would get this great sense of like, it's coming and I want to get there. And then, you know what? A lot of this stuff I never actually even used after it showed up or it didn't fit properly, but I couldn't send it back because it came from China. And then, you know, all this money that I wasted. Why? because of the need I had inside me that was making me want to do it. So we all have these addictions that are bringing us something. So whether it be, um, I mean, some people are addicted to just hanging out with other people, right? They can't be by themselves. They can't be alone with their mind. Um, And then uh, if they're not with other people, they have to be on social media or they have to be binge watching telly or they have to be doing anything distracting or reading a book or whatever. They can't actually just sit and be with themselves and be what's with inside. And the interesting thing is that all these things that we use to give us like a fragment, they're giving us a fragment of what we really want. So for instance, when I bought something online, I'd get that, ah, like I'm treating myself and you know, the anticipation and then it turns up and the opening of it and feeling good about myself, right? And feeling good within myself. When really that was the ultimate end result of what I wanted. I didn't really want that extra pair of shoes just because I needed an extra pair of shoes. I wanted it because of how I felt when I ordered it, when the anticipation of it arriving, when I, when I opened it up, when I put them on, how I felt in that moment, that's really what I was after. And we miss this. We miss that everything that we want in our life, we want for how it makes us feel inside. So we want these external things for the internal feeling and When we're not filling our own cup internally, when we're not able to be with what is, we have like, it's like we're a bucket with a hole in it. And no matter how much pleasure we get off it or how much, how good we feel about ourselves within this moment or how much, you know, love someone else gives us, it's never enough because we can't be full of it because we're not actually able to hold it because we don't truly believe that we are it. And, you know, the more and more and more work I've done on myself, I find, one, the less I binge eat on ice cream. In fact, I just don't binge eat on ice cream anymore. Um, The less I spend, the less money I spend on shit I don't need. And the more I can walk away from stuff when I do want it. And I can reflect. And that's not to say that I won't allow myself to have something, but it's the intent behind the allowing and the actually conscious observation within that moment that's important as opposed to the unconscious choice to have it for the wrong reason, which is really how it's making me feel. And I can consciously choose to allow myself to have something because of how it's going to make me feel, but also at that same time, allowing myself to feel that anyway. So it's not like I'm saying we can't have pretty things or we can't have beautiful things or we can't have an amazing house. But it's the intent behind why we have it. and. In fact, and I wasn't planning on talking about this, but one of the things I learned with the super conscious when I, did, when I became a magnetic mind coach and a superconscious recode, and this is where I'm going to be um, from Saturday for a week all five days, um, is that when we're trying to have something to escape something else, then we can never truly escape it because those two things are linked, they're intertwined. So if I want something because of how it's going to make me feel, and how it's gonna make me escape a different feeling, then I can never truly get away from it because that other feeling is always there. It's me just escaping, right? Whereas when I choose to have something just because I want it, just because it'd be amazing, not because of how it's gonna make me feel, because I already feel friggin' amazing anyway, right? Then I can just have it and I can enjoy it. And when I'm finished it, I still feel amazing. And that's really the goal here, is to be able to feel what we want to feel on the inside all the time without needing other people to give it to us, without needing to fill and keep filling and keep filling that cup because it's it's got a crack in it. It's a leaky vessel, which is what we are, right? And this all links back to our childhood and what we believe about ourselves and all that unconditional Um, programming our belief system of how we're not worthy we're not lovable and how we need this stuff need this stuff to feel good to feel lovable to feel loved to feel worthy when in reality the trick of it is that we already are but we can't we can't allow that because our the modeling of our mind, our our synapses and how we've been created, it's not actually safe to be outside of the container of what was created when we were a child. That mind map that's created, it keeps us safe because we know how to act. We know how to stay alive within that. And I used to think that the um, unconscious beliefs, I'm not worthy, I'm not lovable, were really the driving force, but underneath all of them is that need to be safe. And that's what drives everything. Ultimately the need to be safe and, and how, and, and within that true, I mean, it's, it's good to be lovable, right? But when we're talking about the base, most primitive desire that we have, most primitive need we have is just to stay alive. And then if we're not safe within that, if we're not safe staying alive, then all our energy and our focus has to go to just staying alive, like running, hiding, hunting, eating, all of that. And there's no room for pleasure in those moments. But when we are safe, then we can start to bring in, you know, enjoying other people's company, enjoying things, things like that, right? But unfortunately our, our mind map is 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 always partly caught in that how do we stay safe? And especially as if as a child you had a really traumatic childhood where you weren't really safe. Maybe you weren't physically safe. Maybe you weren't emotionally safe. And all of us to some level have at least some soft trauma from our childhood where we learned to believe things about ourselves where maybe we were Um, passive-aggressively, you know, like treated or things were taken away from us when we misbehaved and we learned to believe things about ourselves that create this leaky vessel that we're in. I hope you're following me (laughs) because I've done a loop and I'm coming back. (laughs) So all of this, right? All of this. And I was just having a massage and I was trying to be really present in my body and just allowing the pleasure of the massage, allowing how amazing it felt and to just receive Okay, and two things came up. One, how it's hard to just receive because we always feel like we have to do something in return. We have to give something back. We have to do something to earn that. And maybe you're not this type of people person, but I know some people who have this at a very high level where as soon as you um, offer them something, they have to give that. And they can't actually enjoy what they're receiving because straight away they feel that they have to return, return the favor or whatever it is. So, to be able to know that we are allowed just to receive, just for being, just because of who we are, we don't actually have to earn it. We already are enough, right? That's the one thing that I realized. So, lying there, allowing myself just to really, you know, to um, receive this pleasure, receive what this woman was giving me with this massage and how beautiful and relaxing and how amazing it was. That was the first thing I was observing within myself. And then within that, that receiving of the pleasure. It brought to me something that I had come to me at the end of a um a, a healing journey I did It was like a um, intuitive bliss with Keith Hodge I did a recorded one during the week and at the end of that actually no I lie sorry it was I did a I did a session with one of my friends who's a coach Beena. she took me through a journey and at the end of that I was basically gr- um, grieving um, and letting go of pain that I'd never been able to go into that I hadn't Thought I've been able to handle, and therefore I've been distracting from this pain. So when we have pain in our life, and sometimes we are too young, and so, you know, depending on whether or not you, you know, believe in past lives or whatever. If you don't, then just disregard that part. But sometimes it can be something that happened in a past life. Um, if you don't believe in past lives, just think of them as metaphors. Um, or it can be something that happened when we were a child where we weren't actually safe to be able to encompass the fullness of the emotion that was there at the time and it all gets locked away in our body. Sometimes we dissociate, sometimes we fracture parts of ourselves off and sometimes we're just in total denial that it's there or we try and like, you know, make it okay. And it's not just childhood we do this, right? As adults as well, we're like, no, it's okay, oh yeah, whatever, and we laugh things off and blah, 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 you know, that sort of thing, right? And we don't allow ourselves to actually be real with how much pain we're in, how much something hurt. And when I went into the depth of this pain, and initially when I went in, I didn't think I was going to be able to hold it. And then at the end, I realized I could. I realized that I could hold the pain and I could experience the pain. And by going into the pain and actually experiencing it, I was able to release it. So when we don't go into the pain, when we don't allow it, we don't release it and it gets trapped in our body. And then we're distracting from it the whole time. And this is where suffering comes from. Suffering is not the pain itself. Suffering is the resistance of the pain. And we're unable to identify. So when we've done this so many times and layered it all up, right? We don't even know where the pain's coming from. We don't even know. I mean, most people aren't even aware why they're addicted to things, why they're drinking, why they're smoking, why they're binge watching, why they're social media, why they have to go out, why they can't sit still and actually be happy and content. And it's all this layering of pain that's underneath. And as soon as they are quiet, and and some people have that in the mind, the voice telling them awful things about themselves, right? And it's all these layers of pain that's kind of baked into our being because we never went there. And we, we think being in it is going to be too much because it's always going to be there, but that's not the truth. The truth is if we allow it, if we sit in it, we breathe into it, it comes through us. It comes into us or out of us and it comes through us. So if we can do this when pain arises in our life, new pain, if we can be with the pain, fully present with the pain and breathe our way through it, it will go. And on the other side of that pain, it's, there's a particular beauty and once you realize that this is what's there even within the pain is a particular beauty when it's purely just pain for what is there and not all the other things not all the other beliefs that are linked into that pain of of like you know maybe something's happened and now we're linking it to we're not worthy and we're not this and we're not that because of all these other moments that happen to us of pain that we couldn't stand we couldn't hold when we were children and then we're an adult when shit happens all those other moments get stirred up becomes very confusing and very hard to navigate and we just avoid it and we move away from it and we distract with food with whatever right work you know people other people having to make us you know needing other people in our lives to give us a certain feeling about ourselves because we can't do it ourselves so we have these moments in childhood this pain that's kind of created in us Um, these beliefs that come from it, and then they're driving future pain within us, but then we can't go into it, and we can't be with this future pain because of these other areas of pain in our life. So when we start to do the work and the journey, it's really traveling back to these uh, moments in time where the pain was first created, and where we first were not safe to hold it or have it, and allowing ourselves to have it and hold it and release it from our body. And when we've done that, these beliefs start to dissolve. We start to realize we are worthy. We start to realize that we are lovable and everything comes together. And then when moments in time happen, in in the present moment, when something happens, we can be with it because it's not meaning stuff about us, right? So what I realized at the end of going through this grief and this pain and realizing that I could hold it, I realized that the amount of pleasure that we can allow in our life is directly proportional to the amount of pain that it's safe for us to feel. And that's really important, so I'm gonna say it again. The amount of pleasure we can allow ourselves to have in this life is directly proportional to the amount of pain that we know that we are safe to hold or that we know that we are safe within or that we can survive. So when something comes to us, maybe it's an amazing relationship with an amazing person, this part of us it's like oh we want that but then if it's too amazing too good you know this is like oh, what would happen if this person then decided that they didn't want us what would happen if this person then decided that they were going to leave us for somebody else the pain would be too much for us to bear therefore we won't allow it to happen in the first time so, and this is, comes in, in a, in a, and I, it's not just I'm talking about relationships now, but it happens in many different ways, right? What we allow ourselves to have, like for me to allow myself not to work like a crazy woman and to actually take time out and to have massages and do yoga is actually, you know, a big thing because I get a lot of satisfaction from work because it makes me feel validated and loved in a really weird way. Um, but when i look back on different things and different situations you know and i and i observe people around me and you know even as an anxious attacher wanting relationship wanting someone to be in my life to help you know keep filling up that vessel that had a hole in it that was cracked i would not choose somebody that i thought was beyond me and beyond my means right who was too good for me because then if they chose not to be with me, the pain would be too great because of what it was triggering up in me that ultimately that, yeah, I wasn't good enough. And I'm not saying that my ex-husband wasn't an amazing man. He is, he's a beautiful man. He's a very kind and generous and loving man. But I'm able to look at myself within the choices that I made in relationship and realize that I've chosen things that kept me safe. And I chose them to, to conform and to be what needed to be to be safe within those relationships. So rather than being able to be myself and ask my wants and needs, I would be more observant of what their wants and needs were. And this was brought to me, you know, I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the last, um, the last video uh, or episode, podcast episode that I did, where I unearthed an old, an old diary recently. Actually, it wasn't even a diary; it was a beautiful book, and I wanted to write some notes in it on a journey I'm going through at the moment working through I'm doing a lot of shadow work at the moment and I started to write like at the end of each um, session that I did I would write the new the new thing that had come up that I was aware of because at the moment what I'm going through isn't just one of things it's like a journey through down into the depth of shadow and back out the other side and when I finish a session I've had a big shift but I'm even just deeper into it so I'm, I'm noting what's going on inside me in this book And I flicked to the beginning of it and realized that it was a manifestation book that I'd started back in 2016, so seven years ago. And my goals in this, right? I was shocked when I saw it. My goals, even then, was for my father to be proud of me and for my husband to be blissfully happy. They were my goals. They weren't even goals about me. It was me just like trying to be whatever was needed to make my father proud of me. And my husband had me. And seeing that actually gave me a big sense of relief and a big freedom. Because, you know, since I quit dentistry, (laughs) I'm aware that my father is not that proud of me. He's not really interested in what I'm doing. You know, he got a lot lot of pride out of me being a dentist. But then I was a dentist seven years ago. So it was really interesting for me to observe that even seven years ago, I was still trying to make him proud of me. So... I was choosing things in which I was safe and I was conforming myself and being the shape that I needed to be to be safe within that. And I wasn't actually opening up my heart and open to pleasure purely for me and to make my soul sing and for what I wanted. Now, would I have ended up with my husband if I hadn't been that person when we got together? Probably not. And not because he's not an amazing man, but because he's not at that stage himself, right? And he's, he's still not. So I probably wouldn't have been attracted to to the energy of what he was offering at that time. And that's not just, as I said, it's not to say there's anything wrong with him. It's not. Um, And can I look back and see maybe when things were brought to me that were amazing that I turned down? No, I I can't. I can't actually see it because I think that I probably, the energy of who I was probably just wasn't even attracting that in. And if they were there, I didn't see it within them because I was just, it wasn't safe to have that. And so now I'm working on opening myself to pleasure and being safe within it and being able to know that I can, no matter how amazing something is, if it's gone, I'm still going to be okay. I'm still going to be safe when I come out the other side. And, you know, when I said before about how, you know, pain when it is just purely pain that's coming up and we're breathing through it and releasing it from our body, the energy of it, and not constricting around it. It's almost like um, I've <laughs> this before when, when a body is trying to get rid of a piercing or something out of it, right? And then it can't. So instead, of it encapsulates it or it gets around. It. I've seen this even in. in um, okay, I had a, a client once who came in, and we took an OPG. This is a dental client. We took an OPG, which is a big X-ray of his head, and he had a bullet lodged in his sinus that he didn't even know was there, right? <laughs> and it happened when he was a kid. He'd been playing around with bullets and a hammer and he'd hit it and he knew it had ricocheted off his glasses and he knew it had, it had hit him in the face, right? But he didn't realise it actually penetrated his maxillary bone and was lodged in his sinus. If it wasn't for the fact that it hit his bone first, it would have killed him. It would have gone into his brain, right? But that obviously the bone slowed the velocity down. He actually still had a hole. He was like 50 when he went in to have this thing surgically removed. He still had a hole through his bone from where this bullet had entered. And he never told anyone because he was scared of getting in trouble, right? Anyway, his body had healed around it. And, but what had happened was the sinus was also blocked and clogged from this thing, that he was like a deep diver and he used to struggle with his sinuses and this cleared it all up. So when we have pain in our body <laughs> that we can't, we can't deal with, right? We constrict and we contract around it and we muffle it and we hide it and we, we try to make it to push down deep inside, but it's still there creating problem, right? You had this chronic problem. Whereas when we, when we can feel pain and release it, it just comes through us. But we do the same with pleasure when we need it, when we want it, when we get off it, we constrict around it, especially as an anxious attacher. And then we're like, oh, our energy, like we're like one of those Venus flytraps. We want it. We need it. And then the other person is like, like trying to get away from us. And then we're like scrabbling after them. Like, no, 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 love us, love us. And we create, we create exactly what we fear because we couldn't just be with the pleasure and be with the energy and allow it to come and go. Anyway. I think I covered all the thoughts that I was thinking and I hope it all made sense and came together for you at the end Um, and that you enjoyed this (laughs) and that you enjoyed um, some of my metaphors and some of my stories Uh, and that, yeah, that you got something out of it. Maybe it it makes you think about something in your life. And if you want to reach out to me, uh, donna at donnajoyasher.com or you can check out my websites, um, livingthroughheart.com, donnajoyasher.com and you can check out um, my new business venture with my girlfriend Shana, our um, Studio.com, which is our jewellery line that we're creating. So we're making, and we're hand-making them ourselves, crystal jewellery, copper, copper plating jewellery. So you can check that out as well if you want to know more about me and us and what we're doing. Okay, I'm going to leave you to it and I'm going to go off and get something to, um, I'm going to get something to eat. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Living Through Heart podcast. To find out more about me and Living Through Heart, check out DonnaJoyUsher.com and LivingThroughHeart.com. There you'll find links to everything you need, including some free tools to help you and ways you can work with me on your own soul healing journey.